everything life and social. I'm your host, Denise Carter, Memphis-born, veteran, single mom, entrepreneur. While I may not have it all figured out, I do have a lot of life to share with you, along with some of my friends, some you may even recognize. Hello, you guys. Oh, it is so good to be back on here to record this podcast, which is going to be one of my nearest and dearest because it's about raising girls into strong women. I am a single mom of two, and as of today, I have two um, high school graduates, and my oldest is in starting her third year of college, and my youngest just graduated high school. And I am just such a proud mom. It's been a very, very hard couple of weeks in our home. Um, A good friend of ours, a legend, someone everyone knows, Charlie Daniels, passed away. So I was in Nashville for the funeral, And it's just been a little hard to um, muster up the energy to get back on here and complete this podcast. I've been working on the notes for several weeks, but um, today, as Kirsten picked up her graduation, her uh, diploma, I just felt like this is the right time to sit down and do this. If you look back in my high school yearbook, you would read to be a mom, have two girls, have them two years apart. Ask and you shall receive. I was very fortunate to get just that. I became a mom young. I was 21 when I had Cassidy and 23 when I had Kirsten. And they are just 13 days shy of two years apart. Both February birthdays. So I have my wonderful, um, beautiful Aquarians and they are the, the salt of the earth for me. They always have been. Um, they've come first and before anything. And I wouldn't trade a day, a second, a moment uh, that I've had with those girls and the journey that we've been on together. I was um, very blessed that I, I had two really good girls I know people like to say that it's my parenting or their dad's parenting, but um, we were really given just really good girls. We did do a lot of disciplining. Well, I did a lot of disciplining. Their dad was pretty fun because he got them on the weekends, but I was definitely the good cop, bad cop. And I spent a lot of time disciplining them when they were very young. And I did a lot of hard work then. A lot of tough love and because of that that paid off and I didn't have to do as much disciplining as they got older because they just had that fear of disappointing mom and they had that desire and that passion to do right so you know I do believe addressing everything young is something that drills into them discipline and the way uh, they're supposed to behave and their mannerisms in life um, in general, just respect and respecting others and respecting their parents. 
And even though their dad and I divorced uh, when they were very young, I also put the fear of their dad in them, even though we weren't together, um, because it's a total respect thing. Your kids should respect their father and their their mother. It's in the Bible. It's part of the commandments. And just because he couldn't be there every day didn't mean that they should respect him or fear him any less to disappoint him. So there were times where I would say, do I need to call your father? And no, please don't, don't call our father, you know. Um, little things like that go a really long way, I promise. So if you go back further than the yearbook and you go back to toddler Denise, every year for Christmas, and Christmas was a big deal at our house. We didn't get a lot of things, but we got a few things that we wanted and they were, they meant the world to us. So every year I would ask for a baby doll, baby doll stroller, and a tea set. That's because I wanted to be a mama from the time I can remember wanting to be a mama. I would take my babies everywhere I went. We would have tea parties, and it was just just part of me. It's just the way that I was born. So fast-forwarding to uh, Denise at 23, getting a divorce, um, going into a season of learning how to raise my girls for the most part, you know, on my own, other than their, you know, dad, of course, being there as much as he could be there. Um, I decided that I would put them before anything and everything, and I just dove into motherhood full force. I took them, and we had gymnastics and dance and Mommy and me and kinder music, from the time they were able to do anything, we did everything. We did t-ball, we did soccer, we did basketball. Getting your kids as involved as possible when they're younger teaches them social skills. It teaches them how to get along with others, how to be a teammate, how to be a team player. And they also get to discover what they are good at and what they're not good at. And your kids, hey, if you've got one that's good at everything... Hats off to you. My girls weren't good at everything, so we kind of had to weed out along the way what worked for them and what they enjoyed. Some things they were good at, but they just didn't enjoy it. So um, we, we had one rule in our house, and that was if you start something, you can't quit it. So if they started a season of gymnastics, but they were, they were done with it before it ended, you know, they had to finish that set of classes that we signed up for. If they started basketball and it was mid-season, they didn't get to quit in the middle of the season. They had to finish it. So if they were sitting on the bench every game, that's, that's okay. You're going to sit on the bench every game. This is the commitment you made. So making your kids keep commitment and keep the loyalty to their teammates, again, it drives that into them. It instills that into them. Don't let your kids be a quitter. Quitters never win. So this in particularly is for my divorced parents or um, anyone that is going into a season where divorce is inevitable and it's going to happen. I just 
have some really heartfelt advice for you that when you go through a divorce, your kids aren't the ones choosing that. You are. And when my ex-husband and I sat down at the kitchen table to sign the divorce papers, I made him pinky promise that we would never talk about each other to our kids badly. If we had a problem, we would do it privately and we would co-parent 100%. And that's exactly what we did. We remained friends. It's been it's been almost 20 years ago. Uh, Kirsten is 18 and she was only just like six months when the divorce was final. So um, it has been almost 20 years and we are still friends. We have co-parented. Because of this, we have very well-rounded kids. We don't have kids that appear to be the product of a divorced family. We have kids that see mom and see dad and see us happy and see us happy together with them and they don't feel like they're missing anything because they have had a loving life, a loving life with parents that have a loving relationship. So it's a hard thing and and even your my friends that are married and I'm talking to everyone out there even though you are married and everything's wonderful and you're not getting divorced I still want to encourage you to co-parent there are a lot of people out there that don't co-parent and they're very married and their kids are all together 24-7 so it's only right it's only fair it gives your kids a balance it makes them not feel like they can't go to one parent or the other about everything and you just want to have that open line of communication with your kids it will save you so much heartache and your children so much heartache in the future. They feel like they can come to both of you for anything. So one thing that bothers me pretty badly is all the screen time that I'm noticing that people are giving their kids. I don't believe that screen time is bad for your kids. I feel like it can be a huge um, teacher to teach them amazing things. But I don't feel like it should be a babysitter. I don't feel like it should replace parenting. I feel like when you need to get things done and it's a good healthy time in the day for your kids to learn something or just enjoy a little cartoon, that's fine. But don't let that replace you sitting down with your children and reading a book or putting on music with your children and singing or grabbing some little instruments and teaching them how to learn a rhythm or a beat. I feel like a lot of people are wanting to use these screens as a babysitter. And because of that, our kids, our future, are going to have very awkward social skills. They aren't going to be as much of a team player because a lot of these kids will never get into sports because they're not outside playing. So I just want to encourage limited screen time. And I also want to encourage reading a book every night with your children, putting classical music on in the nursery. Um, I think that it's never too early to 
um, engage your kids into um, music and reading and sing-along and uh, just teaching them rhythm. So limited screen time and um, interaction, um, holding their hand and dancing while you're holding them. We never had a rocking chair in our house. I always held my girls and danced to the music or rocked them to sleep just by swaying because that connection chest to chest and just having the weight of their bodies and my hands and my arms just is, um, it's irreplaceable. So those are definitely a few things I just wanted to um, just make sure I addressed because this is a different time. I didn't have screens with my kids. We had television screens, but we didn't have iPads where they're mobile and they go everywhere with you. So I just wanted to touch on that. When I was a little girl, my dad was a master mechanic at FedEx, but just to make ends meet, when he got home, he would work on cars. And I would have my roller under the car, and he would have his roller, and by the time I was five, I knew every socket, bolt, and wrench in the toolbox. And I was not afraid to get dirty. I was greasy. This definitely would later play into me becoming a helicopter mechanic in the Navy, but don't be afraid, dads, to get your girls underneath the hood of a car or changing a tire or mowing the grass. And please get your sons out there and teach them everything you know because it really is becoming a lost trait. Um, mechanics and, and guys that do, guys and girls that want to get dirty. Um, so... I mean, everything's become such technical, you know, technology savvy that we're missing that in America. We're missing that, I believe, in the world. Um, just get your kids out there. It doesn't matter how early you start. Just get them out there and start playing in the dirt. Moms, don't be afraid to let your kids get dirty. And also, you guys, please get your kids in the kitchen. When my kids were little, I would have them on the countertop with their own aprons, helping me mix, helping me bake. It's just fun, and it's a life skill. These kids need life skills, and these girls both love to cook and love to bake. They've, been, they've also been doing their own laundry since they were in 6th or 7th grade. They aren't afraid to make their own breakfast, make their own dinner if they need to. And I put them in charge because I just could never make them completely happy with their lunch boxes. So I put that in their court. And they've been making their lunches for school since they were probably maybe fourth grade. It was really young. So just don't, don't be afraid to give your kids responsibility and please teach them life skills and have fun with it. Have fun with cooking and baking. We would do cupcake uh, decorating contest and, you know, I would have Facebook um, judge, you know, we would do fun little things. We started a fudge company together. We started a fudge company because I'm from Tennessee and when somebody got sick, we would bake and we would bring our neighbors you know, good food. And here in Florida, it wasn't like that. So 
we started making it for free and giving it to everyone, and then everybody started asking it, asking us for it. So I taught my kids life skills, and I started a business for us, just a little one, and it ended up doing really good. So just don't be afraid to get involved with your kids in every different facet. There are so many skills you're teaching them, and you don't even realize it. Okay, some of the hardest moments of me being a mother personally um, came with their education. I was not very good at math. I was not strong in English. I mean, I got by, but I was by far an honor of distinction like my daughter is in her class. She's in the top 50, and I was lucky if I was like 250, maybe three. (laughs) So... um, I did okay, but I didn't do great. It just wasn't my specialty. So there were a lot of things that came along that I struggled to help my kids with. And even the things that I could help them with, they just weren't responsive to a parent with schoolwork. I don't know what it is about kids, but it's like they just can't make that connection that, oh, it's okay for mom to help me with this. They're like, no, I want my teacher to help me with this. So Cassidy in particular had a super hard time with it when she was very young, and a couple of really amazing teachers came along and changed her world. But one thing that I did do for her, because I couldn't do what she needed, I hired a tutor. Yes, it was expensive. Yes, it was hard to pay for. Yes, it took time. It took time I didn't have to get her there and get her back but you know what it was worth every penny every second when your kids are struggling it is your job as a parent to get them the help that they need if they need to go to a therapist and it is a lot they are dealing with and you feel like you're not getting where you need to be with them or they're not getting from you what they need Just because a lot of times your kids just don't feel comfortable telling you the dirty details, you know, or, you know, everything that they're going through. Put them in a safe space. Give them a safe space. Give them a therapist. Give them, give them a tutor. Give them what they need. Money can always be made. So I have taken second jobs and I've taken third jobs when I've needed to, to raise these girls. It is your job as a parent to get them the tools they need to succeed. While we're on those sticky teenage years, I want to tell you guys that in reflection, one thing I feel like I had the hardest time with was I wanted to talk. When my kids were talking, I just felt like I had so much information. I felt like I knew what they were going through. (laughs) Just stop. Don't. Don't talk. Just listen. You'll have a chance to talk, but listen more and talk less. Don't put your kids in a box. Take whatever image you have and just put it in a bubble and blow it away. You give them the tools and allow them to use them and become whoever they are meant to be. Just because they're your kids, doesn't mean they aren't their own person. They may believe different than you. 
They may live different. They may love different. You name it, it's all possible. And whatever makes the world so beautiful is just that. We're not all the same. We are our own people. You have got to let your kids be their own person. And sometimes that lesson is one of the hardest as a mother or or father. You want your kids to think and live and believe like you because that's just our our that's like that's the knee jerk, knee jerk reaction. You're supposed to think like this. You're supposed to be like this. You're supposed to Guys, seriously, put it in a bubble, blow it away. I'm just saving you right now. You have got to expect that your kids are going to challenge you. They will and they do. And that means you did your job. You did your job because your kids aren't afraid to challenge, to challenge you, to challenge others. And let me tell you, in the challenge, you will learn so many things about yourself. You've spent your whole life challenging them to be better. And the next thing you know, you've got kids that are challenging you to be better, to think different, to look at their views. And it's a really beautiful thing. Our brains are hardwired from the time that we're born until you have a teenager. You times that times two or five or six or how many you have. It's time to rewire that puppy. It's called independence and independent thinking. When their passion for anything takes off and begins to stir their soul, you know the world is going to be okay because you're helping create a generation that's going to take care of it. But I warn you, none of this realization comes before you are shaken to your core. I have done some praying studying, meditation, and everything I could think of along the way to figure this out. You want to raise them to be wise and warm and strong. You want to make them always feel safe. You have to teach them to be friends. Let them find who makes them feel comfortable. As long as the foundation is good, you have to ask yourself, As your kids are getting older, can they take responsibility for their own lives? If they're 14 or 15 and you feel like they probably couldn't, you probably need to start honing in on some of those skills that are going to make them comfortable and confident with being able to take care of themselves. There's going to be a lot of mountains that they have to overcome. Uncertainty. Um, being the new kid on the team or in school, scary things that no one likes that come along the way. Um, You know, they're going to want to hide in their rooms. You really have to look out for those things. And when their life is getting hard, you've got to stop whatever you're doing and you've got to give them that attention that they need. There's going to be a lot of phases, guys, a lot of phases. There's going to be like the artsy phase. There's going to be the vegetarian phase, the hippie phase, the indie rock phase, the goth. Let's just enter Van's Warp Tour, did that. Um, Punk, 
I even, you know, I even bought the the writing session with Christopher Drew because that was my daughter's like end all be all. They're going to be boy crazy. My kids went through the surfer girl, beach girl, all that kind of stuff. Depending on where, where you live, you're going to get all that kind of stuff. They're all phases. They're all mostly just harmless. They're discovering who they are. It's fun to see them go through the changes. You know, let them color their hair. That's been a couple of battles with me. But in the end, we can compromise. And you can let them explore. And you can let them have fun with it. They're never again in their lives if they get into a profession where, you know, they can't have pink hair, get to have pink hair. So let them be them and explore and have fun. Don't take it too serious, you know? So my daughter Cassidy is 20 right now and she's just gotten her own house in Atlanta. And while I'm doing this podcast, she just sends me a text. So the Terminex people were supposed to be there today. She's already paid for it. And they never showed up. So she just sent me an email where she had contacted them and let them know, you know, that no one ever showed up. And (laughs) the lady says to her, this is like proud mom giggle, thank you for being so nice. It makes the world a better place. And Cassidy says, no worries, we can reschedule. And you're just like, okay, proud mom alert. 20 years old, I will never stop being proud of my kids. Those are the things, those are skills, guys, that you're teaching your kids right now. You want your kids to be that way. You want them not to make other people's lives miserable. Life is hard enough already. Teach your kids to be kind. So I try to keep my podcast very short. I try to keep it, you know, while you're going from A to B, it's just something easy you can pop in. But this one is going to be just a little bit longer because there's a lot to touch base on when you're talking about raising your girls into strong women and raising your kids into just strong, good people. Um, I just want to go over marketing today with children. It's, It's really, you know, it's an attack on our girls and our children, what they see, the images they see, what is promoted. It's not all bad, but for the most part, it can be... It can be shocking to us, to all of us, even as adults. Um, we deal with comparisons and, um, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. And if you think it's bad for you, can you even imagine what that does for a 12-year-old or a 16-year-old? It really can cause some major issues. So my daughter, Cassidy, um, had had dealt with a lot of that and she took it upon herself to delete her Instagram by herself and kind of take her power back because things were making her feel bad, making her feel less than she should of herself. And I really want you guys to talk to your children about that. You don't have to have Instagram. You don't have to have Facebook. You don't have to have Twitter. I have a social media business where I manage other peop- other businesses' social media, so I'm very active on social media. I always have been. But your kids do not have to have this stuff. If anything is making them feel less than the best for themselves, they need to at least control their accounts and who they follow. They need to be very wary of who they allow to follow them. Human trafficking is a real problem. It is real 
and it is close, a lot closer than you think to us all. So we have to protect them and we have to teach them to protect themselves. So the marketing, you really have to talk to your children about this. You really have to say, if you're not involved in their social media, if you're not a friend on their Facebook or Instagram, stop what you're doing right now. That should not be an option. It should not be an option for you not to be a friend on their social media platforms. If they can't be your friend, then there's a problem, bottom line. So talk to your children about that. Pay attention to what they're doing. You don't have to talk about it. You can be looking at this stuff and they don't even realize it. But look, Mama Bear will always be Mama Bear. Papa Bear will always be Papa Bear. So we all wonder and dream about what our children are going to be when they grow up. I've, I think I thought about this before I ever got pregnant with them. Um, you know, there's a million and one different things they're going to want to be. And that's amazing. That's awesome. L- let them embrace it and support it. Something along the way will stick. I remember when Cassidy wanted to be a fashion designer. I got her a drafting table. I got her a mannequin. We took a trip to Hobby Lobby, and I let her pick out all kinds of fabrics. And I let her explore that. I remember when Kirsten wanted to be the first lady president. I happened to be in Washington not long after that with Cassidy's fifth grade trip, and we bought her sister first, president hat, first lady president hats and a presidential notebook that she worked on day and night, forever. Then she decided she wanted to be like Anderson Cooper, where she could travel the world and spread her word. She wanted to be a journalist. Then she wanted to be a dermatologist. Now she's going to hair school. So listen, there's a lot of different things your kids are going to want to be. Cassidy wanted to be a teacher. She wanted to be a police officer. She has wanted to be so many different things. So now she's in school for business. She's probably going to have her own business one day. Or she's going to run a business, which is what she does now. She's she's the um, assistant manager at a store in Atlanta. So the thing about it is when they want to do things, don't, don't look at them in disappointment and say, no, I want more for you than that. A teacher doesn't make enough or... You're not going to be able to have a good living doing this. I promise you, where there's passion, there's fire. Let your kids be whatever they want to be because they're going to do it no matter what. And if you push them into a direction that they're miserable, they are always going to blame you for that. I asked my mom for just a Mama Joey-ism of just one one line of advice that she would give. Um, if she were on this podcast, and she said to trust your kids. Give them your trust. That's the most important thing that you can give your kids. Um, No one likes to feel like they aren't trusted. And as long as they've never given you a reason not to, you should absolutely trust your kids. It's part of the job that we've done while we've raised them. And are they going to disappoint you? Oh, yeah, you're going to have disappointments. Have you been perfect your whole life? Probably not. 
Um, but that's part of what makes us who we are and builds character and gives us wisdom um, is the fall and the times that aren't so triumphant. So trust your kids. That's what Mama Joey says. Trust them. Give them your trust. And also to be your true authentic self. No one else can be you but you. Let go of what others think of you. That's to the children. Let go of what others think of you. It's really none of your business. Once your kids are grown, you know you've given them all the tools in their toolbox for what's to come that you can. Others will come from experience. All you can really do now is sit back and admire them. Your job now is just to always be there for them. And that's when they need you. But enjoy your accomplishments because they are your accomplishments and enjoy their accomplishments because it really is a reflection of their life and their childhood and their and their good times, their bad times, their everything. I mean, this is where you just let their light shine. Nothing in this world will make you more proud on this earth than to see your kids are independent, good, and kind, and loving. I hope you guys enjoyed my podcast this week, Raising Girls into Strong Women, Raising Our Kids into Good People. I hope you guys stay safe and healthy, and I will see you hopefully next week. Hopefully it won't take so long to get back on here. See you then, guys.